Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by James Hardy Siding, the best siding on the planet. Yeah, Jim, I've got a uh, current home in East Texas that uh, is on a little bit of a grade, uh, downward grade uh, on a hill. Uh And it's, of course, yellow clay dirt. And I'd like to know if if you would recommend doing a soil test. Uh, Since it is in kind of a dip, the moisture content is high. I want to stay away from the mold. And uh, recommendations on foundations, um, and just getting started, I like to stay away from a slab because any water, any water line problems or anything like that you have, you have to break through that slab. And I'd, I'd rather have a raised uh, pier and beam, uh, you know, conventional basement or what options are out there. Okay. Uh, just real quick on the water issue. You yes, know sir. the rest of the state, if you get outside of uh, DFW area, the rest of the state, all their water lines are overhead. They don't put them under the slab. I don't know why we do it in in uh, Dallas Fort Worth, but we do. Um, as far as what you need, absolutely. Anytime you're going to put in a foundation, get a soils test done and follow the soils engineer's recommendations. Okay. Uh, a lot of times, what happens is you get a soils report. Soils report will say you got a potential of. I'm just going to throw a number. You got a potential of six inches of heave in the soil, and the design engineer will look at it and say, "Okay, yes, there's a potential of six inches, but truly, the majority of it's only going to be in the first four inches. Let's take the risk on the other two. It, there's only a 15% probability that it'll go into that other two inches, and they shortcut the design that the soils engineer recommends." When okay. the soils engineer makes that recommendation, make your design engineer stick with it. Okay. Um, as far as the heave that you had mentioned there, is that prevalent in, uh, like, East Texas yellow clay? or Anytime you're dealing with the clay soils, you, you have a potential of heave. Okay. Uh, now, you mentioned sandy soils and, like, a sandy loam-type soil. Those typically don't have much heave in them. It's any type of clay. The black clays, you know, that we're all used to seeing, the black gumbo clay, that's really bad because it's prevalent in such a large area. But when it comes to the red clays and some of the other clays, they're not as prevalent, and so they, you know, people think they're not as bad, but in, in actuality they are. Okay. Um, would you recommend, or after the soil test, if they re- recommended bringing in some new topsoil to build up the grade a little bit. Um, what are your uh, opinions on that as far as getting a more level uh, area, bringing it up to the grade of the rest of the hill I'm on? Well, I, I can tell you what they'll do is they will tell you bring in some fill. They're going to tell you compact it to 95%. But they're also going to say if any beams that get dug mm-hmm. or piers or anything like that, you down into the native soil. So no matter how well you pack any fill, you can't count on it to structurally hold the, the home. Gotcha. Uh, but for cosmetics and to, to bring it up and make it more level, absolutely there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Um, being originally from up north, 
uh, really enjoy a basement. Is that even a possibility? Or Oh, sure. They're just in Texas, unbelievably expensive. Yeah, I did. Uh, I, only, I've already only, got a quote. <laughs> yeah. Well, the only reason that they're so prevalent in the northern states is, you know, it used to be they were digging down to get below the frost line. Correct. And so they were going down typically like four to six feet. It was real simple to go further and have a great usable space. Even in the northern states now, they're they're putting uh, styrofoam platforms out and putting slabs on top of them in order to avoid the digging expense. But can it be done? Absolutely. I see them all the time. And would that take the moisture um, um, problems away? No. It would not. In fact, okay. in fact, if the basement's not done right, it can add to your problem. Because um, typically in, in Texas, if you're going to put in a basement, and I know in the northern states we, they put drain systems as well, but in Texas you need to have a French drain below the lowest beam in that basement Mm-hmm. have gravel all the way up the side so any moisture that travels through the soils to hit that basement goes down into that French drain so it can be pumped away. Uh, our water tables and our groundwater you know, that migrates through the soils is just so high here in Texas. Gotcha. Uh, it does create a lot of problems, but it, it, is, it's, it, it is actually easily dealt with as long as it's properly done. You know, I was looking at some retaining walls this week. People do the same thing with them all the time. They don't put the, the proper drainage behind them, and then they wonder why their walls push over. Your basement's no different. As long as it's built properly with good drainage, you'll be fine. Okay. One last question. If I do go with a pier and beam underneath, if I took spray, had somebody spray foam insulate it, would that take the black mold situation out of the equation? Closed cell foam only. So that moisture doesn't get into the spray foam. That That's the only way to do it, though, is with the closed cell foam. Hi, we were told about three years ago that some joists under our house on the north side had powder white mildew that we needed to clean it before it spread. Well, I didn't know how to do that, and we didn't think we could afford to hire. So naturally, it's still not been done. Now I'm smelling mildew under my kitchen sink in adjacent cabinets, which is in the center of the house, with no evidence inside the house. So I assume the smell is coming up from under the house. I'm going to stop right there. If you're told you've got this happening to the wood under your home, you're getting that white powder, there's moisture getting into the wood, you need to take care of this. If you think it's too expensive to take care of when it's in that state, wait until you got to start replacing the boards. Right now, all you got to do is go underneath there and clean it up and more than likely deal with ventilation so that the house breathes better. And that could be nothing more than putting a fan in one of the uh, vents, you know, the, the grates where the air circulates underneath, or... It could be putting a barrier down on the floor of the crawl space in order to keep moisture from coming up. But if you leave it go and it starts rotting those floor joists, you can be 
second 10, 20, I have done jobs that are pushing $40,000 to replace that wood that started rotting that way. So please, if you start seeing something like this, address it sooner than later. Anyways, back to the question. Our wood floors inside are also buckling around the center of the house. I'm guessing the moisture has gone through the subfloor. Our house is only six years old and has all these repairs. So you tell me it was only three years old when this originally started. It's felt like a curse, not a blessing. Moral of the story, don't build a house you can barely afford. It costs 180000 because you won't be able to afford the repairs. This is true, and I kind of talked about this last week on one of my shows. Uh, you know, never, ever, even if you're buying a new home, make the assumption that the payments is all you have to cover. However, I want to help you on this. If you've got a house that's less than 10 years old that's having a foundation issue, whether it's a concrete slab or a crawl space, typically in Texas, the foundation is covered for the first 10 years. You need to call the builder on this and get them out to start dealing with this, especially since this started three years ago. They should have been called at that point. This shouldn't have even been out of your pocket. I don't know who to call if we're able to afford fixing the mold, which I feel is more important than the other issues with the foundation. Built in 2011 and 12, Pyram Beam Construction. We had perimeter lift. I believe the engineers called it the worst they had ever seen at one corner. The perimeter concrete was two feet off the pier. That, of course, didn't hit bedrock. Well, let, let's be clear. That has nothing to do with it. The pier could be sitting on solid rock, but if the soil swell and pick it up off the pier, that's not the pier's fault. That's because the soil wasn't properly tested to know what the swell potential was and the house built around it. Again, back to the builder with that. Uh, let's see. Side issue, though, my question would be, where do I even start? Thanks for taking my question concerned young stay-at-home mom. Jasmine, call the builder. More importantly, call the builder. Then I want you to write a letter to the builder detailing everything out that you have told me and your conversation with the builder. Send it certified mail so it is on record of what you found. And honestly, you need to get an attorney because uh, you need to make sure that they understand where this is headed should they not take care of it. Again, in Texas, typically foundations are covered for the first 10 years, and there's absolutely no reason the issues that you just described to me should not be covered. I will tell you one thing. Be real careful of how you word stuff, uh, because you're saying that in one spot here that uh, it lifted two feet off the piers, and now... I've only done 100,000 homes in Texas and been doing it for 40 years, but I've never seen one lift two feet off the piers. I have seen six inches, eight inches, things like that, but two feet I've, I've never seen. So I'm questioning if it lifted off the piers or, again, if the builder didn't put the piers in high enough or the beams on the foundation deep enough to be touching the pier. Either way... It's time to get them on notice and get them involved. Alan, this is Jim. Can I help you? Yes, I hope so. 
I need your opinion. Okay. Um, yes, there's cost comparison between a uh, metal building and a traditional wood steel bi- uh, stud building. Which which is which would cost me less money? Which which way would you go? Well, are you building it as for storage, or are you going to build it to live in? No, to work out of. Okay. Typically, if if you're going to heat and cool it, building a regular stick construction with two by fours is going to be uh, typically less expensive than a metal building because if you build a metal building and you're going to air condition and heat it and you know maybe put office space or for people wanting to put living space, you got to build a, a stick construction inside in order to attach all the sheetrock and all that kind of stuff. So if you're not going to do sheetrock and all that, then just go with the metal building. But if you're going to try to build it out and, and you're not worried about having a, a big shop area with it and all that, regular stick construction is is actually the way to go. Use like a hardy siding on the outside to keep the cost down, and it'll do a great job for you. Um, and you don't have the expense of putting up the metal building and then still building the stick frame inside. Okay. All right. I appreciate it. You bet. Thank Take you, care. Sir. Now, one advantage to building with the stick construction inside is you do have more space for insulation uh, and all that. But beyond that, uh, cost-wise, you can get the same insulating properties using a foam insulation in the walls. But don't insulate everything with the foam. Just just do the walls, and then in the attics, use fiberglass so the house can, or the structure can still breathe. I was talking, you know, about the radiant barrier and insulating in a metal building. Look, if you're doing a metal building... The right way to do it is the radiant barrier, if you're doing new construction on it, the radiant barrier goes in directly behind your sheet metal on the outside of the building. It's a bubble-type radiant barrier, and it will lower the temperature in that building 10 to 15 degrees. It, It does a remarkable job, which makes it more comfortable and more energy efficient. When you're doing new construction with radiant barrier, it typically goes behind the sheetrock, as close to the living space as possible. And I know all building codes require insulation, but quite frankly, we could do better using radiant barriers in a lot of cases than you can with insulation. So don't don't discount what the radiant barrier can do for you. My house, a third of my attic, doesn't have insulation. All I have is the radiant barrier, and it works great. I had a guy one time who built a house. He used two layers of radiant barrier, one on the outside and one on the inside wall. And so they you know, they were only four inches apart. He was running an $80 a month electric bill because it was so energy efficient. And here at the Deerleys, we have it on one of our buildings when we redid it we put the radiant barriers that way same thing i mean typically we're gone from this place for weeks and sometimes even a couple months at a time we leave the air conditioner on because it's using such a small amount of energy because of how efficient it is it doesn't justify turning the ac off so please don't discount what the radiant barrier can do for you hello wanda 
Hi. I had a quick question. I had a leak around a vent pipe. The leak has been fixed, and the stud directly below it has a little bit of rot in it. Can I just place another stud next to that one since there's no moisture in there anymore? You can place another one next to it, but I would cut the rotten wood out. Okay. And fish and fish plate it. Uh, that's where you put a, a a stud on each side of it, on uh -huh. that section. Uh, because if you just leave the rotten wood there, it's like cancer, and it, it'll continue to spread. It can spread without moisture. Yes, ma'am. Uh, once once wood starts to rot, it will continue to rot. Okay, then that's what I needed to know. And thank you. You're welcome. Bye bye. bye. Yeah, you know, once you've got rot on a board, you you need to cut that out. It's it's just like when you get a, a bad tooth. You know, you get you get a a cavity. If you don't drill out the cavity, it continues to spread. And yes, for mold and mildews and all that stuff, it needs moisture. But once the board is rotting, that's a, that's a whole different realm, it, and it can carry from one board onto another. I like the way he words this. Hey, Jimmy. My mommy calls me Jimmy. This is Matt, and I have a question on installation of new windows. I work outside and ran into a customer who has new windows. I asked him how he likes his new windows, and he said they're great for the most part. So I asked, so what would you have done different? He replied, I would have foamed on each side of the windows for better insulation because I can feel slight draft. So my question is, if you're getting new windows, would you insulate your windows? Thank you. Love your show, Matt. Well, Matt, if he's feeling a draft on both sides, that means it's not caulked and sealed properly. Uh, the insulation will not change a draft. What the insulation does is change maybe the temperature transfer. But to answer your question more direct, if you've got a tight fit, no, I would not foam them. If I had any type of gap that had to be filled, then I would. And you can end up with a gap that has to be filled. It's not very often, but, you know, when you take the old window out, you sometimes see things that you couldn't see before. So that's the way you need to take a look at it. Um, if you do end up foaming it, make sure you use the right foam because uh, they make two different ones. The red can expands and can actually push on the window the blue can does not and that can be a huge difference for you so uh, again be careful about that mark this is jim how can i help you hey jim how are you wonderful good i am just started researching air duct cleaning and uh, i'd like to get some insight on that from you i I see prices from you know one ninety nine all the way over a thousand dollars, and yep. my home is twenty years old, and it's as far as I know, it's never been cleaned. And I have kids with allergies, and I have animals, and I'm just wondering if that would be uh, something I really need to do. More than likely not. Now, okay, here's how you can tell if you need to do it. Take off one of the uh, vents, you know, where the air comes back into a room. Okay. Reach up in there and see if it's dirty. If it's not Just dirty, run, run my hand in there, my fingers yep. along the yep. edge of it. Yep. Okay. Now be careful that you don't 
put too much pressure because I don't right. know what kind of duct work you have. They're and given flexible. that your house, yeah, and given that your house is 20 years old, there was two different types, or actually more than that, types of flex duct that were used back then. Some of them are plastic on the inside. Some are in an aluminum tube. Okay. The aluminum tube, you can have cleaned carefully. If it's the plastic, it'd be like trying to clean a uh, a hefty trash bag. It doesn't right. work well. It just tears it up. Okay. But I think the, mine the, are the, the you... flexible, soft-sided, you know, ducts. But uh... right. Well, but it matters what's inside of it. That. Uh, okay. Yeah, the outside is going to be plastic and and flexible and all that, but inside is is what's going to make the difference. Okay. Uh, a lot of times people are trying to tell you get your ducks cleaned and and all that because it's a quick way for companies to make money. Don't and I I don't have an issue with that, but there has to be a reason to do it, not just because the home is old. Because you got to remember, properly if your AC system's been working proper, you've been changing the filters and all that stuff. All the air that went through that tube was clean air. Right. The only time that I recommend somebody really has to look at doing duct cleaning is, say you had a big remodeling project done, the AC was shut off, dust can go up into the, the ductwork then if it okay. wasn't protected. Th those well, type I... of situations, but sure. beyond that, typically not. Okay, well, I replaced my whole AC system about two years ago, so it's probably in good shape, but I don't know. Uh, I guess I'll just give it the white glove test and uh, see yep. what comes out. And, and Mark, I'm going to tell you up front. I, I, you know, I, I have companies throughout the state of Texas. Uh, Due West, uh, I, Foundation Repairs in Houston, Dallas, Corpus Christi. One of the companies I own is an air conditioning company in Houston, Texas. And my guys are asking me all the time about doing duct cleaning, okay. uh, just because it is a way to generate revenues and stuff. Sure. And I, I won't do it. Because okay. it's just there's not enough need for that out there to justify the the equipment. So do you have and any that, recommended uh, um, service people on your website? Absolutely. If you go to to our website, take a look at Advent Air. Okay. Uh, in in my own home in Dallas and uh, at my office in Dallas, that's who I use. Very good. I appreciate your help. All right. And Take care, what's Mark. What's a good price for that? Do you know for a standard size or a three thousand square foot house? Uh, honestly, uh, I I don't have a set price because it's really going to depend on what they got to take apart and what they got to do, how long okay. the runs are, how many two story versus one story. So there's okay. there's too many variables in it. Okay. Well, thank you very much for uh, your help. I appreciate it. You bet. Take care. And. Uh, again, it's not that I, I don't say it never has to be done. In general, unless something has been done to the home to warrant doing the duct cleaning, there's not a reason to do it. The air going through there, if you took care of your filters and stuff, it's all clean air. So unless there was a hole somewhere, unless you had remodeling done where you got a bunch of dirt or something like that, there's typically not a reason to do duct cleaning. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Patsy, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hi, Jim. Um, 
I have a door that faces north, and it has nothing that uh, covers it or blocks any of the bad weather and rains. It is a large door uh, to my patio. One side is stationary and one opens, and I have water coming in underneath, more so on the stationary side, and it has rotted the threshold, it looks like to me, underneath. Mm, And I'm not sure what to do. (laughs) And this is a French door, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, those things are are notorious for doing that. and this is for everybody listening right now. If you have French doors, you really need to have a cover over that area to keep the water from hitting the door or splashing up on the door. If you have wooden ones, they just don't hold up that well. Uh, you can put in the steel ones and get longer life out of them, but even that doesn't hold up forever to the weather. But, of course, no door does. Uh, as far as fixing it, Typically, once the the door frame and everything starts to rot on those, uh, is the bottom of the door rotting as well? No, and actually the door itself has been replaced uh, a few years ago. Uh, 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 had someone put in a new door, and the okay. door itself looks very good. It's just that after all these several weeks after the rain, yeah. One day I, I saw some wood. It looked like coffee grounds, kind of, that yep. would had washed from underneath it. Well, what that's telling me is that there's a, a lot of wood in there it, it, that's rotted in there, and it, there could even be some insects when it starts coming out like coffee grains. Because uh, normally if it's just rotten wood, it'll come out in kind of slivers-like. But when okay. it comes out in coffee grains, that's usually uh, telling me that there's insects in there eating it and that's what's making that coffee grain type effect i just had my home treated for termites also i bet that's what ate it up then okay uh so here's what you're going to end up doing is rebuilding that door if the door if the doors themselves are good you're probably going to end up having to take them off replace the threshold uh are the sides coming up the in good shape still. The yes, the whole, the door jam and everything seems to be good. Where the water has come in on the inside uh-huh. is where the problem is. If you're outside looking, you don't see any problem. Okay. It's all on the inside and also gone into a little piece of the baseboard. Okay. Yeah. Then what you're gonna need is is a carpenter to come in who's going to be able to take that out replace all the rotten wood, put it back together. Uh, give DFW Improved a call. Okay. They'd, they'd be able to help you with that. And uh, let me get you their number here real quick. It's 81... Oops, there we go. 972-299-8939. Okay. Okay, and also... I have, there's two other doors on that same patio area, and we have storm doors there. There's, uh-huh. They're just a, a single door, and they have no problem at all. It's this one door, yeah. and because it was so big, there is not a storm door on it. Can one be put on that, or is there oh, any yes. way? I, I have a double door on my front front of my house, and I have storm doors on it. 
Uh, so yes, they can be installed. Even the one side stationary. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. okay. And are those custom made, or who do I go to for that? Or uh, DFW Improved can help you with that also. Oh, they can. Okay. Yeah, okay. They, they should be able to take care of all of it for you. Oh, great. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. You bet. You take care and have a great afternoon. Now, here's an email question that came in. The front door of my house hangs crooked, just enough that there's about a half-inch gap on the top and some on the bottom. I worry about roaches and other bugs getting in, but I don't know how to fix it. I've tried using longer screws in the hinges. That helped a bit, but there's still a significant gap. The home was built in 1997, and our neighborhood is known for the settling that occurs. How do I fix the door? or at least close the gaps to keep critters out where, they're, where they belong. First of all, doors never seal tight enough to keep bugs out. I hate to tell everybody that, but I don't care how good your seals are, bugs can get in if they want to get in. So let's take that off the table uh, to begin with. But your typical home starts showing and people realize they're having foundation movement when it's about 18 years old. This house built in 97, hey, that's 21 years old. You're already, you know, beyond the the effects. You're 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 there. So, I I can tell you more than likely you're having some foundation movement because if you used longer screws to tighten up the hinges and everything and that fixed part of it, didn't fix all of it your foundation is moving. They do make some adjustment things. If you go buy an Ace Hardware store that you can put on the bottom of a door in order to fill those gaps, it'll give you a temporary fix until you can get the rest of it done right later. Have a great week. Remember, THIPro.com. It's there to help you out as a resource. Use it that way. Just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.